This podcast was first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South Community Access Radio Station. For more information on Fresh FM, as well as links to other great local podcasts, go on our website freshfm.net or download the accessmedia.nz app.
Well, a very good evening to you. It's Sunday, uh, September the 26th, 1976. That was James Brown and Get Up Off of That Thing. Uh, you were really enjoying that, Jack, weren't you? Yes, I was. A lot, a lot. Yes. If you could have seen him. If you were walking past the window, you'd have seen Jack, like, you know, bouncing around, you know, mm, which, yeah. is, which is good. Uh, and it's the six-minute version. I thought, I'll, I'll fade it down at three minutes, but actually that'd be just a crime, wouldn't it? Really? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. So it's 1976, uh, and um, give us a taste of what 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 you've got for us to talk about so 1976 there's a uh, american presidential election ah. there are the olympics there are um regime changes um new technologies being invented and um a lot of um uh, eccentricness um in nevada and uh so also in montreal eccentricity in nevada yes and eccentricities in nevada and montreal and montreal okay i'd like to um talk about a bit yeah, okay. yeah. alright, thank you so the, Olympic, the Olympics was in Montreal? yes, the 1976 Olympics right, okay, alright, thank you Jack well I'll have another quick song and then we'll hear what we've got to talk about uh, this is Stevie Wonder <laughs> Friend. 
Stevie Wonder and uh, have a talk with God from the album uh, Songs in the Key of Life. Mm. Music, is, music is now getting very, very funky. <coughs> music is getting funky. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Rhythm is now getting extremely intricate and. Yeah. Mm. I think I think people are starting to dance a lot more to this type of music. Or perhaps they always did. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, well, maybe just dance. dancing has always been popular. Yes. There was yes. rock and roll in that. Yeah. And their massive dance halls. And yeah, true. I guess there, it was not as... Um, I guess music wasn't made to be danced <coughs> to or like dancing wasn't sort of a... In just the minds of the musicians when they made music in the 60s as much as yeah. the 50s or the 70s. Yeah. Um, but as discos became more popular in the 70s, yes. um, it gave rise to the genre of disco. And I think, uh, I think there was you know, just a bit more around this time that was danceable, maybe. Mm, danceable music. Yeah, yeah. And I was just thinking about the... Even, um, the you weren't around it then. I was. Um, uh-huh. they, this is when they brought out the, the what was called the 12-inch single. So it was all vinyl. There was no CDs, obviously, then. Um, and you had the 7-inch vinyl. 7-inch, yeah? okay. And then they brought out the 12-inch single, which okay. is like, like just one whole song on on a, a, a big record. That seems like a waste of space. No, it's not, because because the records were like, or, or the tracks were like eight minutes long, you know? Oh, okay. So you couldn't fit them on a small, because the, the grooves have to be, you know, a certain width apart, don't they? Oh, okay, yeah. Like, you don't know that, obviously, but that's vinyl. Hmm. Um, so you'd have these, these 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 long, long songs that people could dance to for a long time. Mm, um, okay. Yeah. I'll 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 lend I'll lend you that some some versions that yeah. go on for ages. I, I know about um, disco. I actually know about <laughs> oh. this. I've I found um, disco versions online on YouTube. Yes, and they are like twelve minute, ten that's, minute, eight minute songs. That's exactly and, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, always in the back of my head, I wondered why do they just continually go over and over again? But it's so obvious the answer now. Yes, because yeah. people are on the dance floor and they're just keeping going. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, so tell us about eccentricity in Nevada, or whatever you want to talk about. Actually, um, I think yeah. we'll start with the um, Olympics because okay. um, this was an interesting Olympics. Uh, first off, there was an interesting fourteen-year-old um, um, Olympian who was won it? three oh. gold, uh, five total medals, oh. 
I think three gold. Yes, three gold medals. Mm-hmm. And her name was Nadia Comaneci. Yes. And she was a Romanian uh, gymnast. Yeah. Um, of course, as a Romanian, she was, um, I think, competing on behalf of Romania, but within, but it's within the Soviet bloc. But I think they Romanians have their own separate team. So. Yes. A bit, yes, um, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not. But she was probably trained by some Soviets or something. Mm, yeah. Yeah. She was good. Mm, good yes, gymnast, obviously, yeah. because she won five medals. Well, clearly, yeah, it's a bit of a stupid um, thing to say, really. Yes, and only at 14 <laughs> years old. Uh, she won, also was the first female gymnast to win a perfect 10 score on the uneven bar routine, whatever uh, that means. And um, she would go on to get seven perfect scores throughout the rest of the games. Mm. So that's really good. Yeah. And she would also Can you imagine go on doing to that when you're 14, Jack? I couldn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't even... The 14, I couldn't even cross the road probably on my own. Well, I could, but I mean, it's like, you know, there were lots of you know, things that were tricky at the age of 14 for me. You yeah. Know what I mean, you know, she's there competing and, and doing all those amazing things. Mm. Pretty good. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's Nadia Comaneci. And then this t- um, Olympics took place in Montreal. And Montreal was, um, Montreal games were pretty weird because, um, first off, it was really hard to, um, actually run the games financially uh the olympics cost 6.1 billion us dollars in 2015 terms Mm -hmm. and compared to the original budget that is a cost overrun of 720 percent oh that's a lot yes that's a massive overrun a lot of countries seem to do that they seem to spend too much on building the infrastructure that is true um for the 2016 rio olympics it was about um i think 51 percent so that's not as much and then for the um, London Olympics, I believe it was 72%. Right. Um, there are cost overruns um, on these massive right. projects. But Montreal was big. But this was a massive yeah. overrun. Well, I think the biggest in history. You'd think the Canadians get it right, wouldn't you? You'd think They're so. Pretty good at that. Yeah. But um, there was a why, very specific reason bit, why this cost overrun yeah. was so massive, and it's just due to one man. His name is Andrea Jardins. Uh, Desjardins. And he um, was a union official that... Um, basically worked as a crime boss and the way he were operated was that he got um his the other union bosses to um he taught them um intimidation tactics and he just kept the construction sites in a permanent state of disarray and he um this was because he was um corrupt and took bribes and was just out there to make money has this been proven in a court of law? Yes, they, right. there was just there were massive in case, courts. In case you actually, there were massive court cases about right. it, and I don't want you um, libel him and mm. turning up. At, you know. Oh it, well, I mean, he's he was assassinated in two thousand um, after it? living a life of a loan shark after mm. his life as a union official. So wow. he was a criminal through and through. Yes, um, and so um, Andre Desjardins just kept the worksite in permanent chaos, and any workers that would speak up would have either their animals, their, their pets killed. Or their children really? beaten up. Yes, it was like you look into it and it's crazy. Um, wow. And this actually led to the Quebec Premier buying off the Jardins just for the work to continue to for the games to begin. Right. And this cost overrun has hit the has damaged this city of Montreal so much that it used to be the business capital of Canada. Makes sense because Montreal is on the coast. It can um, you know make connections along uh-huh. across the Atlantic. It lost that status because it was now just in a permanent state of debt. Right. And then the businesses, all the businesses, all just moved to Toronto, and now Toronto is where um, all the businesses, you know, conducted in Canada. Uh-huh. So it caused a massive power shift in Canada between you know French-speaking Canada mm. to English-speaking Canada, and it's left sort of a 
I guess the legacy of yeah. or contributed to the legacy of disenfranchisement disenfranchisement between um, French Canadians and English speaking Canadians yeah. because now they have lost a significant amount of power mm. so yeah this massive this one man just caused a right. massive chain of um, yeah. Yeah. events due to his own um, greed what a strange story that, mm, that, yeah. that, but I mean I mean organized crime can do that can't it they yes. can completely stop <laughs> whole process happening and 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 create enormous chaos yeah yeah, yeah. don't under, don't underestimate it no I'd, I'd never underestimate organized crime I've mm. seen too many gangster movies <laughs> yeah no I find them scary organized criminals because they're organized you know disorganized criminals are okay because they they can't really organize anything mm. if you know what I mean but oh, yeah. organized the, the, the comparison yeah. is night and day Yes, that's right. Yeah, you got some more mm. to talk about, but I'll, I'll just play another yep. song, shall I? We'll play another yeah, song. Okay, all right. So, uh, David Bowie. Yes. 
And David Bowie and Golden Years. Uh, like you said, Jack, everyone was getting a bit kind of funkier or funky mm. or something. Yeah. Even David Bowie. More arrhythmical. More? More polyrhythmical. Actually. Polyrhythmical. Not yes. arrhythmical. That's something entirely different. Yeah, that's me. Mm. Uh, so uh, I was thinking about Olymp- Olympic Games just then, and they're always a little bit controversial, aren't they? Yeah, there's, there's usually one some kind of controversy stories. that yeah, arises yeah. because yeah. it's the perfect time to stir up controversy, yeah, honestly. Yeah. And we had one, we had an Olympics this year, didn't we? Yes, we did. Uh, which I'll probably c- will just mostly forget because it didn't feel like the Olympics because there wasn't any crowds and it was just kind of like a, a yeah. weird thing. I don't know, it just didn't feel... Didn't feel like the Olympics. Well, it kind of... I mean, I, there were lots of competitions going on and stuff, but it's yeah. not, it wasn't like a... There was something different, just different about it, wasn't there? I mean, I guess... A, it was in the wrong I year, and B, yeah, uh, there were no crowds, and it was just. So you think that the crowds are quite important for? Um, I think the crowds are quite important for sporting events. Yeah, I agree. You know, I was watching some 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 Premiership football matches. The highlights from from Excuse you me. know like last year or the year before when there's no crowds. Yeah, and it just looks completely weird, and it feels weird, and you can't you know you can't hear, and you know there's no noise. Mm. You know. Anyway, right. mm. yeah. Back to Montreal, 1976. Uh, so, this was actually the perfect year that um, for Toronto to be able to then take over as the business capital of Canada because they had also built the CN Tower in 1976. That's a big tower. Tell us what that yes, is. Yes, it's, it's the a, it's a tall. It's that tall tower that you see in pictures of Toronto, and has it got a restaurant at the top? Uh, restaurant, but. They have also opened up shopping opportunities at the top and rides of... Shopping opportunities? Y- yes, they've Superb. used it for <laughs> multiple things. It's was Ride, the tallest. Rides, did you say? Yeah, rides. What kind of rides can you have at the top of a tower? Uh, my information doesn't say. Well, I, I mean, don't know. It must be a big tower. Well, it's like a roller coaster up there or something? Uh, oh. well, I doubt it. I mean, that'd be scary, wouldn't it? A roller coaster. How would you even build a roller coaster on a... On a tower, freestanding structure, and well, you know, one thousand eight hundred feet up in the well, sky. But it said rides, oh. which is like maybe like a donkey or something. You just, I yeah, know. it could be one of those like, um, things that you just um, teeter on, <laughs> that you you know put sense into, <laughs> and it's one of those like weird shaped horses. Yes, the rock, the rocks up and down. <laughs> probably not. But this tower tower also used was used for radio, television, and cellular da- data transmission. Uh-huh. And then the Montreal Olympics, if they, it couldn't get worse for the Montreal, um, it was boycotted by multiple African nations. Right. And the reason is actually apartheid, linked to apartheid. Uh-huh. So in 1976, there was an uprising of students in Soweto, and um, some of them unfortunately died. Um, this led to African nations wanting to be able to... So Soweto is a place in South Africa, Yes, it, it is. Mm-hmm. It, and they wanted to bring light to the issue of apartheid. So... Um, they look at any reason and any sort of excuse they can to be able to uh, boycott the Olympics and you know, make a point. Or, re- or reason. And they look at New Zealand. Yeah. And they see New Zealand, why are you still allowing, um, you know, going over to South Africa and playing rugby there? Mm. And New Zealand just sort of shrugs its shoulders and they don't... They said, we like rugby a lot. Well, at least the, um, I guess, rugby heads and the political heads did. Because it was still quite controversial in New Zealand. People didn't want to be um, playing against um, South Africa when Maori players had to be yes. called Henri White yes. when they went over there. Yes, that's right. Which was insulting. Yeah. Um, but um, then these African nations say, if you let um, New Zealand compete, we'll, we'll, we'll withdraw. 
um, New Zealand was still allowed to compete because the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, said uh, rugby is not an Olympic sport, so um, they should be still allowed to compete. Um, But then the African nations, uh, I think 29 in total, decided to withdraw. And one of them included uh, Cameroon. And see, the Cameroon actually decided at the last minute to withdraw. So they took part in the parade and then the Cameroonian cycle team would compete and do the 100-kilometer time trial as team officials announced their withdrawal. Uh, whilst they were cycling? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, oh, that's, that'd be gutting, wouldn't it? You cycle <laughs> yeah. for 100 kilometers and you get off your bike and say, no, sorry, we've just pulled out. Yeah. Oh, man. I bet that would make, make, that'd make your legs hurt, wouldn't it? I mean, your legs would be hurting. Oh, no, maybe. actually, if I was an athlete, I would have actually what? probably liked that, honestly. Liked I wouldn't mind it. What, being told you... you Oh, that was all a waste of time, that 100 kilometres you did. Well, I mean, you still get to cycle and um, <laughs> compete against I guess, them. I guess cyclists who compete in the Olympics like cycling, don't they? Obviously, yes. And Athletes who do the sport very, that they love obviously very, like very it. Nice, a very nice cycle ride around Canada. Yeah, that's Parts how I'd feel about it. Yeah, exactly. Let's look on the bright side. Yeah. Mm. So... So lo- lots of so twenty nine countries did you say withdrew? Yes, that's quite a lot, isn't it? It's uh, a lot of countries. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but New Zealand went went anyway. Yes, didn't really kind of. We messed it up for a lot of African countries. Well, well, no, they, they, well, no, they cho- you know. chose to um, withdraw, and it was a well. It didn't directly affect South Africa at all because white South Africans just didn't care about the Olympics back then. But it did get the um, word of apartheid on every single newspaper. Um, front page in the world. Yeah, mm. and it, and it, th- things things were becoming much more public with with the whole regime there, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, you know, so it was a good thing, I guess. Yes. Yeah. And right. yeah, black af- athletes not being able to c- participate for their country, it just didn't sit right. Yeah, I, t- I feel sorry. For, like like I was saying earlier, I always feel sorry for the for the athletes who can't compete. I mean, yeah, yeah, you, know, you might train really hard, and then your country says actually we're not going. And you think, oh man, I just like. Oh, I, sp- I trained for a year and I'm at the top of my game and, you know, mm. I, I might win something. Or I just want to go to the Olympics, yeah. you know. And you, there's lots of athletes who probably never got to go because of various boycotts. But because they couldn't go, um, the black South Africans who couldn't compete at all were yeah, true. energised for that, um, yeah, to, yeah, you know, yeah. push just, for the end of apartheid, yeah. Yeah. I think there's just other pressures you can put on countries. Anyway, that was my opinion. Okay. All right. Thank you, Jack. Uh, this is... Uh, George Ben. Shut up. 
George Ben, that's J O R G E rather than George, George Ben. I mm-hmm. think he's Brazilian. Uh, and the album's called uh, Africa Brazil, and the track was called Ponta de Lanza Africano, mm. which I don't know what that means really. So, this was a um, big song in 1976? Not really, no. Okay. But it was a very good album. The that's whole album is very, very good. What's the name of the album? Uh, Africa Brazil. Africa Brazil. Mm. Okay. George Ben, very good. Uh, so you just mentioned Howard Hughes. Uh, yes. Wow. Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes is incredible. Um, Howard Hughes died in 1976. He mm. died at the age of 70, and he had been a recluse for the past 20 years. But yes. um, so I just want to talk about him a bit because I think he's quite an interesting fellow. Um, he initially um, it, so he inherited a fortune at 19, and then he would decide to produce films. Uh, in Hollywood and one of the first films he produced was called The Racket and it's about gangsters in Chicago and it got banned in Chicago because it portrayed the, portrayed the police force and the city government as um, completely corrupt and without moral Yes. so that's pretty funny um, <laughs> and we go on to produce more films like uh, Hell's Angels and um, Scarface uh, after that uh, he would go on to lead RKO Films, one of the big five of Hollywood quote unquote um, unfortunately, his tenure would not actually be that successful, and they would close 
um, after they were shut down. And he even um, investigated his employees for political leanings at one point, which was... Uh, uh, was he anti-communist? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I didn't look I into it too much. Yeah. Um, I could, I could say most, most, most of the entertainment industry around that time was kind of doing look, a communist look, purge for, in the fifties, looking for reds. Mm, yeah, yeah. They, usually, I can imagine that. Uh, so I'm sure he wasn't looking for like right-wing people, was he? <laughs> capitalists. No, hey, you're capitalists you're, in the film industry. Oh yeah, no, heaven, heaven forbid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so then he, um, but he had more interests um, rather than films. He also was interested in aircraft, mm. and in nineteen in the nineteen thirties, he created his own. Um, uh, aircraft company to s- just set new speed records and he won multiple cups and awards for setting um setting new um records for um aircraft and that probably helped the um aviation industry in america mm. um unfortunately he had poor health and he had ocd um in one plane crash he got chronic pain from it and um he would get more death later on in his life um but in the late, latter years of his life, he decided to move to Las Vegas, and he would spend end up spending three hundred million on Las Vegas properties, and so he, he would help um, you know renovate and refurbish mm-hmm. Las Vegas uh, to the city that we know today. Um, he would go on to live in hotels for the last ten years of his life, and the first um, hotel he arrived was called the Desert Inn, and he refused to leave the inn, so he decided to buy it. <laughs> he's a billionaire yeah. so what do you expect so then he that's good isn't it go on to buy more casinos and hotels and he bought one hotel called the Silver Slipper which had a massive silver slipper on the top of the um, yes. building yeah. he only, only, and he only bought it to remove the slipper because it kept him awake at night when he saw it out the window right, right. Mm. he yes. had too much money I, he did he certainly did you know, that's just like silly isn't it um and then when um, he left it in eventually, his, uh, the employees of the inn discovered that the drapes had uh, actually rotted through because they had been closed for so long. Um, he was, was actually also fond of this one ice cream. Um, I found this quite funny. It was called Baskin Robbins Banana Nut Ice Cream. And his aide, wanting to please their, you know, um, their master, they decided to get a bulk shipment of him. But unfortunately... Baskin Robbins had discontinued the flavour, so they then put in a special order for the biggest batch that they can find: three hundred and fifty gallons of ice cream, yeah. which was one thousand three hundred liters. Yeah. Uh, they get it; they make it in Las, in Los Angeles. They then ship it to Las Vegas, and then a few days after the um, shipment arrives, uh, Hugh says, "I don't like banana nut ice cream anymore. I just want to eat French vanilla ice cream." And then so the desert. So someone had to eat all that ice cream. <laughs> Yes, they did. Oh, and that I, was I, I the general it. public. Oh, right. Gave it yes. away. The Desert Inn ice cream decided to serve banana nut ice cream for free for a whole year. Ah, that's all right then. Yes. I thought, well, I can imagine all, all these little cronies like eating it every night. Oh, <laughs> not ice cream again. They might have done so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, um, uh, but then there were some, um, I guess, um, weirdly positive things that he did, such as... Um, well, because he owned many Las Vegas ventures, he then became concerned about underground nuclear testing in Nevada and from radiation and stuff. So um, after feeling aftershocks from one test, he was then tried to uh, bribe Johnson and Nixon, the US presidents, uh-huh. just um, to get them to stop nuclear testing. Oh, really? Yeah. Off the money, personally. <laughs> yeah. Here's a, here's a few dollars. I don't think it worked, but... Um, <laughs> it didn't work, did it? No, they, they kept testing, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. 
and Nevada was a place that tested a lot. Yes. So he died in '76. Yes, he did. Yeah, Inter- very interesting man. Clearly, yeah. Mm, and yeah. and you know, Monty Burns from The Simpsons is obviously based on him. Was he? Well, I think so. A little bit. Mm. Oh, you know, okay. I see. Reclusive kind of stuff, really. Oh, eccentric. Yeah, yeah eccentric. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. All right. Thank you. Uh, this is Peter Tosh and a song called "Legalize It." Advertising 
Peter Tosh and uh, legalise it from 1976. Uh, the it obviously being uh, marijuana, we think. I thought it was alcohol. And don't criticise it. Mm-hmm. Legalise it, don't criticise it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and you're surprised to find out that it's probably still not legal in Jamaica at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and maybe not legal now, I don't know. I believe the only country that legalised it. Decriminalised in a lot of countries. Means uh, it's not legal or illegal, it's just not a criminal thing. yeah decriminalized in a lot of countries now but legalized in only i think uruguay uh bangladesh holland um colorado and washington states but not federally in the united states and i think north korea allowed it to be legal for some reason i don't know why then i think they you probably can't reversed it now yeah yeah probably, I, probably hard to get get a a little bag of something in yeah. north korea isn't it yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I think they reversed it. But um, yeah. and then in certain countries like Holland, they heavily regulate it. Yeah. Very yeah. heavily regulated. Yeah. yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So nineteen seventy six, it obviously was still illegal mostly. I mean, mm-hmm. in Holland, it was probably de- decriminalized. It was probably tolerated in Holland. I think. I don't know when it was decriminalized. Most people. Most people, when I was growing up, would go to Holland to to have a good weekend of smoking marijuana I see in cafes and things okay mm. Mm. Yeah. I never did uh, I think I, in c- I couldn't stand the stuff I see yeah I, I've never <laughs> taken it so I, I don't have any opinion on I, li- I like I like it when American presidents say they smoked it but didn't inhale or something smoked it but it didn't you said you that was it Clinton not inhale oh <laughs> I can see that I could see Clinton saying that yeah I didn't and then inhale. I think Obama tried it in college did he yeah I can imagine George Bush, uh, W. Bush, trying it out. You can you? Yeah. Oh, totally. Oh, no, he's, like, he's like a square. You'd think so, but um, uh, when he was young, he'd uh, partied a lot in college. Did he? Yeah. Fair enough, then. Mm. Mm. Uh, so, some other things that happened in 1976. Apple um, was established by Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. Uh, they just create, had created this company to create these small, easy-to-use computers, um, unfortunately, they didn't create small and easy to use computers, um, at least for the, during the 80s and 90s. And they were um, completely outshined by Microsoft as they became the biggest um, tech company in the world. But uh, Steve Jobs... Um, still had a good, loyal group of users, didn't they, Apple? Yeah, they still had a loyal you know, if you, group if you, of users. If you were know, into, yeah. into artistic stuff, then used Apple Macs. You didn't use all that, all that um, PC stuff, did you? Mm, yeah. But in uh, 1997, uh, Jobs would return to uh, uh, Apple, and then he would actually um, start to create the iMac, the iPod, the iTunes, and then iPhone. And in the early 10, 2010s, the company then bounced back and became the biggest tech company in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's true anymore. I think there is a Chinese company that's bigger than, than them now. But uh, Oh, wait, Huawei, I think. Is bigger? Possibly. I, I don't know. I can't remember. Don't I don't know. I don't know. 
Um, in Argentina, uh, a dictator was uh, deposed. But this was no ordinary dictator because um, this dictator was a woman. And she was the third wife of Juan Perón, yes. who was the previous, previous dictator of Argentina. And uh, this man, Isabel, had... Um, she had done some controversial things like um, sanctioned political murders or um, was suspected for being responsible for the disappearance of hundreds of political dissidents. Uh, so she tried to flee, but um, eventually she was deta um, detained and then she got exiled in 1981 and she went to Spain. Mm. And she's still there, I think. Yes. Mm. That, was, that wasn't uncommon in South America, was it, in the 70s to you know, have people disappear? Unfortunately, yeah. Pretty sad, isn't it? Yeah, they've they have a little. I don't know the history of South America exactly, but it seems quite an unstable. Yeah, it does. Um, it does. Region politically, at least at the top. Yeah. yeah. And then, and a presidential election happened in America, and um, Jimmy Carter was um, yeah. took uh, the presidency in a massive upset. Um, yeah, unseating um, um, unseating an incumbent is usually quite rare, mm. I think, and. Um, he was a peanut farmer. He was a peanut farmer from Georgia. Yep. And he was also a one-term governor of Georgia. Mm. Um, he was a massive political outsider, and he won with 50.1% of the popular vote and had only 297 electoral votes, when you need 271 to win mm -hmm. out of 534 or something. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Pretty good. Pretty All good. Right. Thank you, Jack. Uh, this is a Candy Statton. <laughs> Sharing this one and only life Ending up just another lost and lonely wife You count up the years And they will be filled with tears Love only breaks up to start over again You'll get the babies But you won't have your man
reo irirangi o te tau ihu o te waka a Maui. Fresh FM. That was Walter Murphy and a fifth of Beethoven bringing classical music to the disco. What do you yeah. think Ludwig would think of that if he was, you know, if he could hear from his grave? I know he was tone deaf, but he could probably still hear it, couldn't he? Mm. Think he'd be happy that his his fifth of his fifth symphony was on the dance floor. I hope so. Oh yeah, I hope so too. I yeah. really hope so. It's kind of a cheesy um, song. I know that Ludwig was a man of the um, Enlightenment, and right. he really loved. Um, yeah, he actually wrote, um, I think, the fifth. A third symphony, symphony, I think, um, just after um, um, in Napoleon's honor, right? Because he saw him as the embodiment of liberty and yeah. um, liberal ideas. Yeah. But then, when Napoleon um, uh, declared himself emperor, he then angrily sort of scratched out the dedication yeah. to Napoleon and just said to a man of virtue or a ma- great man, yeah. um, but not to Napoleon himself. 
I was too scared, really. It might have been the Fifth Symphony, but I, I can't remember which symphony Napoleon, uh, uh, Beethoven dedicated it. One, of, the, one of them, anyway. Yeah, one of them. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Jack. Uh, so this has been totally wide on Fresh FM, and we've been uh, loitering around in 1976, and we'll be here again next week, loitering yes. in 1976. So join because us we because we want to loiter around in this year. 1976 is a good year, mm-hmm. uh, so next year we'll play some kind of rocking kind of music rather than the funky kind of stuff we've been playing tonight. Okay. Uh, and Jack, I have some more information for us. Uh, yes. About 1976, won't you? Uh, yeah, I will. Of course, of course. All right. Thank you for listening. Have a good week, everyone. Good night. Uh, this is Parliament. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast available by funding the Access Media project. Other great podcasts from Fresh FM are available through the accessmedia.nz app or our website freshfm.net.